Hello everyone and welcome to Views Our Own, where we talk about everything young journalists need to know about the media industry and building a career in it. I'm your host Sophie and I'm joined as always by the lovely Misha. Hi there. And today we're talking to Katie and Katie from Northern Natter about being a journalist outside of London. Northern Natter, for those unfamiliar, is a fantastic podcast focusing on journalism and the media in a specific context within Scotland and the north of England. The hosts are Katie Baggett and Katie Williams. I can't promise that won't be confusing as the episode goes forward. And they're both <laughs> here joining us to talk all about their podcast, their work, and why it's an important issue to be aware of. Katie, Katie, it's lovely to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So tell us a bit more about yourselves. How did you start the podcast? How did you guys meet? And what were you trying to do with it? So I suppose I should start from the very beginning. We haven't actually met in person. This has all been done via Zoom. Like you said, I'm from, well, I'm based in Stirling in Scotland, whereas Katie is based in Sunderland in England. And I put out a little Twitter call out in September when I was having to self-isolate. And I was like, does anybody want to get a journalism WhatsApp chat group thing going on? And uh, Katie Baggett joined that and we were discussing podcasts. And yeah, that the you know the little baby steps and I'll let Katie explain the rest. So basically we got chatting on Twitter and I basically was like, oh, I'd love to start a podcast. How about Northern Natter? Uh, I don't know where that brainwave came from. I think it was one like Thursday night where my brain actually worked. Um, I was like, Northern Natter sounds like a good name, chatting to media professionals and journalists from the north of England and Scotland. And then we kind of planned from there, look on social media and kind of researching guests, and then it kind of took off from there, really. But it's something that I've kind of thought about in the past about doing, but never really had the courage to go ahead and do it. So I think with Katie on board, it was like a team effort and a passion project that I think we both wanted to do. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, from my point of view anyway, I was having to self-isolate from work and I'm a waitress. So the whole year had been very on and off with work. So the thought of having this podcast to do as a side project really, you know, it just attracted me so much because I was like, right, finally, I'll be able to have something to do this year instead of, you know, just binge watching Netflix all the time. No, starting a podcast is definitely some great use of quarantine self-isolation times. I mean, I had the idea for this one last summer. So whilst the pandemic was obviously already going on for quite some time and then we started it a few months later and things were shutting down and places are going back into lockdown and we've never met either oh yeah so there's definitely quite a few similarities between our two podcasts and even though of course the topics are completely different but what are some of the key differences between reporting from london and outside of london and what do you think are some of the things that people should be aware of in terms of topics journalists report on outside of london maybe different styles, different publications they'd write for, and so on? I mean, it's it's hard to say from other people's point. Certainly in my opinion, I've been, like, I've been down to London once or twice on like a short break holiday. It's very big city vibes. There's a lot going on. It's a lot different to like kind of up north in the terms of atmosphere and things going on. I was thinking before in terms of like, the community sort of vibe. I think London's got a more fast pace of life. Uh, there's a lot more going on, and it's just different to kind of the north of England. And I can't speak from my perspective, but Scotland as well. Like it's a different way of life and a different atmosphere. Also, I think looking at like 
political views as well. Uh, there's obviously a difference from uh, different parts of the UK and Scotland. Like the North South divide as well. I think that's really important. But definitely in terms of like a community feel, I think London's got a more, I don't know what the word is, like fast pace of life and a different sort of vibe uh, to up north. But it's a big question that still needs to be tackled. And obviously with kind of COVID and Brexit, the North South divide is very prevalent at the moment in the news. Um, so that's kind of what we're aiming to tackle with the podcast, really. Yeah, definitely. When the Brexit argument oft up here in Scotland is just oh, it's mad because you know statistically, yeah, we didn't we didn't vote for Brexit <laughs> or or the government in Westminster. But I mean, we could talk about that for quite a while, so I won't I won't go down that rabbit hole. I suppose, like, yeah, I would agree with you on what you said, Katie. Outside London, obviously speaking from Scotland, the news, you know, national news, it is obviously based with Scotland. I think, unless it's proper regional news up here in Scotland, more of the focus is usually based in Edinburgh or Glasgow or politics of Scotland. And the more regional news is usually just focused on your little national papers. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like how it is in scotland you've mentioned the um the difference in conversations surrounding topics like uh, covid and brexit and that's got to give you like an alternative perspective being from these backgrounds that perhaps the people pitching articles in london won't have do you think aside from that being outside of london there are any other advantages i think there's a really big sense of community as a regional journalist or even in scotland because the Scottish media industry is actually quite small. You know, you usually know someone who might know someone, you know. So in that sense, when it comes to reporting, the advantage would be is that you can make connections and network quite quickly. And if you need to, you know, find a source for a story, you might know a journalist who might be happy to share one of their sources. If, you know, that's the type of people that you know, it can be quite easy enough to do that, I think. And... Uh, people usually say that Scottish people are quite friendly and I do think that's true so <laughs> not, I'm not biased but <laughs> we're a friendly bunch so we like to help each other out. Yeah I'm along the same lines as Katie um, definitely in regional news and local news reading to get that sort of community sort of feel um, but I guess it's how much like experience you've had outside of community and like going into the job kind of world I definitely think experience gets you a long way and you're meeting people throughout your networking sort of circle so I don't know it depends where you're from really as to how friendly you find the community but I definitely agree that up north sort of different atmosphere and community feel. Have either of you like worked in London before? Not directly as a journalist but in PR yes (laughs) so not really but kind of. Do you find it easy enough to sort of make connections? Like if you were to work, okay, maybe not as a journalist, but with your experience in PR, would you think it's easy enough to, you know, almost like a, not a regional, but like maybe like a small scale newsroom or a radio station? Do you think that's easy enough to do in London? So I was actually able to make quite a few connections of journalists whilst I was in London and some of them at fairly big publications rather than regional ones just because of the nature of my work and the kind of publications I was reading at the time, it kind of worked out that way. 
it wasn't that hard in a way. I had to obviously be in touch with journalists for work anyway. And we hosted some in-person events as well. So I'd meet people there. Then outside of that, I also just reached out to anyone whose articles I was enjoying reading. I found their emails on the websites of publications or on their social media and contacted them just to find out more about their work and the journalism industry. And everyone was actually always really keen to talk to me and, you know, network, grab a coffee. There was just a lot of helpfulness. So, yeah, I always managed to get the advice I kind of was looking for. Mm -hmm. So it's more about institution rather than having a specific London-wide journalist communities. It's just about place-by-place basis. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that's interesting because I don't, like, I've only been to London on a school trip and a college trip and collectively probably only spent about five days there in total, like, in my whole life. So I really, I you know, to be able to try and compare what I've experienced in Scotland, um, it is quite difficult. So it is just going on sort of hearsay and, a sort of, like, my own assumptions. So it's really interesting to hear that, you know, journalists that you've worked with, Sophie, you've, they're happy enough to give you some advice, you know, even though in my from what I assume London would be, would be very competitive and fast-paced. So I think that's a nice, pleasant, pleasant surprise. Well, I guess in a way, London kind of mirrors the, or at least my experience of London kind of mirrors the journalism industry as a whole. Like, yes, it's fast-paced. Yes, it's competitive. But it's also really supportive and everyone is still keen to take care of each other in a way and help each other out. So some of the journalists I worked with or spoke to back then, I'll still get into contact with every few months now. And they always seem to remember me and are happy to give further advice on how to make my career progress, on gathering experience and anything like that, really. I've definitely had positive experiences, but I'm also very aware that that's not the same for everyone. So it probably just depends on who you contact what their schedule is at the time, maybe even their mood and just things outside of your control. But I guess I'd always advise anyone to just try and contact the people you do want to speak to because worst case, they don't reply to your email. Yeah, I think that just sums up the whole industry, to be honest. I think a lot of the time it is just luck. And probably a lot of other industries as well, to be fair. So do you think there's any additional challenges to being a journalist outside of London or do you think it's actually easier to kind of become a journalist outside of London then whilst we're on that kind of topic? It's a hard question I think if you're from up north in Scotland it's sort of a the networking circle might be a lot smaller also I think it depends like what uni you go to um I know at Sunderland uh, we had like network uh, nights kind of once a year and um, we had industry professionals come in and looking back now I'm like oh my god how like privileged was the uni that I went to but I think just in terms of networking like so difficult to find the right sort of I don't want to say clique but like the right sort of networking group to get involved in Um you make contacts as you go and build up the contacts as you go as a journalist. But I definitely say in the north, from my experience, listening to people um, is one massive tip that I'd give um, students or graduates, listening to people who've been in the industry for years and not being afraid to kind of challenge them. 
I guess as a student, I kind of was a bit more shy and didn't really kind of ask questions. But now I've graduated, I'm like, right, <laughs> you you don't kind of get the answers if you don't ask the questions. But in terms of additional challenges, I think because the North's not as fast paced as London, you kind of, there's more time to spend with people. Not saying that London, people don't spend time with you, but I'd have to kind of go to London and see what the journalism community was like to have a more concrete opinion. Um, I don't know what you think, Katie. Yeah, I think um, for Scotland, because like I said, the, you know, the industry is a, a lot more small scale from what I see anyway, which means I feel like there's not always a lot of jobs going because, you know, there's definitely a lot more people than there is jobs uh, in the industry. So they get filled quickly. And in regional news anyway, you'll have the same journalists working there for years. That is more of a challenge, I think. And yeah, I'd say, yeah, I would say that was probably the biggest challenge with that. But one of the advantages is that it is easy, like I said, it is easier to network and I would say don't be scared to you know, ask a journalist or an editor or something for some advice or just asking for work experience. Because, yeah, OK, they might not have a job there for you, but even if you can get your hands on there for a couple of weeks just to gain a little bit of experience and you never know when you might meet these people again, an opportunity might come up at a later date where they might think, oh, we need a journalist. Oh, that person who did that work experience you know, a couple of months ago, let's see what they're up to. So. I think, you know, that's an advantage of Scotland, I think. No, it's useful being able to make and maintain those connections, I should say. Uh, but with, 100%, yeah. yeah. But in talking about all these different regions, Scotland and North, just specifically, do you think there's a risk that all these large regions, in fact, a lot of the country that's sort of expanded beyond just London, of get sort of unfairly grouped together and the issues become generalised? And don't go into the specific details that the specific different regions would demonstrate. Do you think it's an issue of that where different areas get sort of lumped together, so to speak? Yes. <laughs> Scotland especially, because especially when like the national you know, the UK news talk about Scotland, they talk about it as Scotland as if it is one region, whereas it's it's definitely not, you know, Edinburgh is very different to Glasgow. Glasgow is very different to Oban. Oban is very different from Elgin. Elgin's very different from, you know, Wick. <laughs> um, and these are all places, you know, the funnier the names get, the more north you get. <laughs> you know, so it is really different and different political opinions where you go in Scotland and different lifestyles as well. I grew up in the northeast um, of Scotland, so very close to the Highlands. And it was a completely different mindset to compare to when I moved to Edinburgh. And, you know, even that is different to where I live now in Stirling. And what's going on in these places are all different as well, you know, politically and, you know, even agriculturally. You know, there's a big farming industry and fishing industry in Scot- in places in Scotland. All these are affected. All You know, there are news stories within these places and a lot of them aren't spoken about because... Scotland is, you know, it's like a blanket term for the UK news. Also, when people talk about, well, when like a lot of English publications talk about Scotland, it's often about Scottish independence. Not, you know, not everyone agrees with Scottish independence. Not everyone agrees with the SNP or Nicola Sturgeon. But it seems to be that everyone thinks that every Scottish person does. (laughs) And, you know, even in Scotland itself, that's divisive. And you can, and you can tell when there are conflicts you know within scotland 
at that. And that just doesn't seem to translate throughout the UK. Sorry, I don't, I don't know if I rambled or if no, I... No, I think that's a good detail <laughs> into demonstrating yeah. how these, how massively different areas and regions get lumped together on key issues where, of course, there will be a divide in general opinion. Yeah. Do you think there's anything that the UK nationals that kind of come out of London can do to represent those differences within what they generalise as a single region in a better way? Do you think that's just a case of they need more correspondence in different areas or how can they kind of, I guess, improve on that? Because obviously that kind of generalisation isn't really fair to all the different areas. How much time have you got? Um, (laughs) I think um, from the north of England, it's frustrating sometimes to see journalists who write for national newspapers or broadcasters kind of like presume how an area acts or the people from an area kind of portray themselves. I think if we had more regional journalists kind of reporting on issues that mattered to the northeast, that I'd make the perception of the northeast of it northeast of England better. I'm not saying it's bad, but I don't know, I think it's going to be a long-term thing. There's a lot of movement happening in the journalism industry at the moment. I don't know if it's just because everyone's so busy at the moment. Obviously, this year has been um, a whirlwind and social media has kind of come to the forefront with Zoom and Twitter and everything, but I think as a journalism industry, sometimes we kind of need to assess the situation and like actually see wow we have made massive steps in the last 10 to 15 years but there's more that can be done um and i think um if we kind of continue to break down the barriers uh, in the journalism industry and kind of come together as one i know that's a massive kind of i think I think if we're just all kinder to each other, I think obviously with COVID and the whole year we've had, there's been massive challenges with budget for freelancers and journalists. And obviously that might not improve anytime soon. But I think if we all kind of, I don't know, have a bit of faith and just do what we're doing, then it won't be too bad. Do you know, it depends what sort of journalist you are as well, uh, what area of news you're going into. But I can definitely sense that sort of north-south divide from people I've spoken to. I don't know about you, Katie. Yeah, I think I think getting more regional journalists and broadcasters out there to report the actual news, mm-hmm. um, who are from those areas, actually from those areas, instead of sending someone, well, in you know, in a Scotland. Uh, aspect someone from Glasgow to go up to Aberdeen to shoot whereas they should really be hiring someone from Aberdeen or you know if if it's even in one of the towns get someone who's from that town you know or or that smaller city I think that would make a good impact and at least then when these news reports are getting broadcasted or published the readers know who that journalist is you know, and we'll have it, we'll have that connection with it, and I think then news will become more trustworthy, whereas it could instead of having a journalist from Glasgow or Edinburgh or even London reporting on something you know in the Highlands, where the area is much more close knit, 
But uh, talking about all the different journalists is one thing, but let's talk about the readers themselves. And again, I want to avoid generalizing, as we've already talked about that. But do you think that there is a difference in terms of like demand and readership style and, and readership engagement in different areas outside of London that you've noticed? don't know if I've noticed maybe a difference. I think just a generalized difference in the way people read and get their news now. But I think that's a I think that was just a generational thing rather than a regional thing. But and then also it also changes I think with age demographics as well. You know, an older generation would prefer to get their news off a newspaper rather than Facebook. You know, when I'm talking about older I mean a very mature person. <laughs> Whereas I think our age group we're more likely well, maybe not us because we're journalism graduates or we've uh, been told not to get our news off Facebook. But a lot of people our age do, does get their news off Facebook and has a shorter attention span. You know, Articles Now Online has a reading time notice next to it. So people know how to do that. And and people are now getting their news off podcasts as well, which is really interesting. So I think that's how it's changing. But I don't know if it, like I said, like I don't know if it is actually regional. I think like I with you, Katie, but just thinking back to kind of work experience when I was at uni, I found it quite surprising that kind of general newspaper that I was at didn't have a digital kind of outlet, they didn't have social media, they were just kind of writing articles that was for the daily newspaper. I just found that mind-boggling um, in this day and age, but I don't know if that's just kind of current for sections of the northeast. Um, I think now with like social media, podcasts, I don't know if newspapers are dying out. I wouldn't like to put that statement out there, but the journalism industry is changing bit day by day, and the way that we read news is changing as well. I don't know if that's for the better, but it's definitely a generational thing. I think those are all really valid and important points that you've raised, and. I think I have noticed that they are being spoken about more, which is obviously great because that's the only way that a solution will be found for any of these issues that we have touched on. Now, you're obviously trying to address quite a lot of the things through Northern Nature. How do you think your podcast can be used by people who want to be journalists outside of London as a resource? And how do you want to make an impact through Northern Nature? Yeah, so on Northern Natter, we try and get, well, we do get professionals, professional journalists and media professionals to come on and give their experience. And these are people who have worked outside of London, are working outside of London, have made their career either in a regional aspect or just generally not in the capital. And it's really important to us for them to share their experience give their tips and advice for our listeners and we want the people to highlight any barriers that they might have faced and explain how they challenged them and how we can break them down so people can be successful in this industry without having to relocate to the main capital city. Yeah I think you put it perfectly really. I don't know I think there's a lot of talk at the moment about do you need to move, relocate to find jobs. Um, I think we just want to prove that there is people out there, journalists and media professionals outside of London who have experience working elsewhere. And not to say that working in London and working down south is bad at all, but just to give the other perspective that 
people who work in the north and Scotland do have a voice and do have experiences that are valued and should be fed and listened to, really. Yeah, definitely, I agree. And like you said, like we're not saying that you know London is a bad place to work. Obviously, it's not. You know, people wouldn't move there if they didn't like it. We do. Ha- we have had journalists on our podcasts who currently do live in London or who have worked in London. Olivia Marks, who we had on, located from was it Leeds? Uh, Is that where she's from, Katie? Yeah, Manchester. Yeah. Manchester, yeah. So she relocated from Manchester down to London, where she works now. And she's an entertainment reporter um, and interviews all the big celebrities. So we do like to have the both sides of the argument. Not always, because, you know, that's not really the point of our podcast. <laughs> but, you know, we're not completely, we're not sitting being like, oh, London's terrible, don't move there. We are just trying to show this other point that people might not realise is possible for them. There are, as you said, there are so many fantastic voices and publications and opinions that are worth hearing that you've covered through your show and that more people should listen to. Just as we uh, start to wrap up on time, do you want to maybe shout out or name drop any of the particular writers or publications that you think are great for listeners to engage with or read in order to give them the best idea of the sort of non-London voices in the journalistic world? Sure. So I want to give a shout out to The Ferret. That is a publication in Scotland. They do fantastic investigative pieces. Um, It was all started up just by a couple of people and it is an independent run publication. Definitely check that out. Northern Natter is a fantastic (laughs) podcast I hear. (laughs) And I want to give a shout out to Shahid as well, who we had on our podcast. She is absolutely nailing it recently and you should check out her work as well because she does some really great pieces. Yeah, definitely. I think the journalist community on social media at the moment is really positive. We're all kind of like congratulating each other on what we're doing and it's just a positive community to be around and that's something that we want to achieve with Northern Matter and it to be a positive community where people can listen and people can get advice and tips that can kind of go into their lives. Definitely, yeah, definitely. That's. I think you've summed that up beautifully. Also, I don't think I said Shahad's name properly. It's Shahad Azidi. Well, thank you so much for those recommendations. I'm sure our listeners will be really excited to check out those publications and writers. I certainly know what I'll be doing this weekend. But now, just to finish off the episode, what are some of your top tips for young journalists outside of London in terms of starting a career, gathering experience and gaining exposure um listen don't be afraid to use your voice and you've got one life live it <laughs> well, <don't> do well. <laughs> yeah i love that. i think that's great my bit of advice is don't be scared to get in touch with people that you follow that you are inspired by you know like journalists i mean you know because if you want to be a journalist then <laughs> you'll have these people that you really admire their work if you want advice from editors or other journalists or even, you know, broadcasters, get in touch with them. Don't be scared. The worst that these mm-hmm. people can say is no. But you never know, what, like I said, you never know what might come of it. Maybe you'll go out for a coffee. Maybe it'll be a quick email. But they might be able to give you that little hand up, like a little hand to get you in the industry. Um, so, yeah, that'd be my... Or maybe they'll advice. come on and do a collaborative podcast with you. 
or something yeah, well, like that. Thank definitely. you so much, uh, Katie and Katie. You've both been fantastic to uh, have on here. Yeah, thank you so much to both of you for coming on and taking the time to chat to us about this issue. There's lots happening in this area. There's obviously Northern Natter. Beth Kirkbride, who was on our show a few weeks ago, has a great newsletter as well about being a journalist outside of London and in the north of England specifically, where she also includes loads of job opportunities. So that's definitely also something to check out. But thank you so much again to Katie and Katie for coming on and giving such great advice and insight. You can find Northern Natter on a variety of podcast platforms such as spotify and apple podcasts season two will be coming in january you can look forward to that and you can of course find them on twitter and instagram under northern nutter you can also find us on twitter and instagram under views our own and we do hope you follow to listen to all the fantastic new episodes and content that we'll have sending your way thank you so much guys it's been fantastic talking to you to everyone listening have a great day see you soon take care thanks guys thank you very much thank you so much 